0: Hey, y'all, this is Barn. I just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy.
1: I see after my shows, asking me questions. God fed up with my soul, so ain't no blessings. Happiness can't be bought a soul. I learned my lesson. Now I see what fame will really get you. About, about a nightstand nice stand to ease of stress. Dealing with depression. Pills on the dresser. Fiending for affection, so I'm buying out the section. Now I see what fame will really get you. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. The lifestyle left a lot of rich for brainless. Worth dialing, say The world needs help We too busy feeling our needs That we might kill us ourselves I got my gumption from my granny Had a dream about her like last night She held me tight and told me little one Everything gonna be alright My mind playing tricks on me But I needed that though In a world where I feel all alone Sometimes I'm needing help It's hard to share my insecurities So I medicate, I mean meditate And pray to God for a second chance For heaven's sakes I'm just waiting on a sign or two like what I'ma do when my heart get rusty and tired? And it ain't shining through and I think about death a lot. My father's scared of dying, I can relate. I call him up for every flight. In case it ain't been for flying, I ain't holding back, can't control these tears. I mean, after all these years, I'm still the kid writing poems too shot. They in the cafeteria, I'm two cups in. And three shots away. We're gonna fuck about any of this shit I didn't had to say. Lord knows it's hard to see the truth, your eyes closed. It's hard to protect your feelings when you're so exposed Yeah, you're so exposed You're so exposed
0: Ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to the Captain's Couch I'm your host Byron Taylor And I am tired I am very tired I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be extremely honest with you guys. I am exhausted. I contemplated on multiple occasions in the past couple of days if I really wanted to even podcast this week. Because work was really busy. Uh, we had the test the certification test I had to take on Monday um, that hopefully I'll find out the results. Which I will have could work towards my full certification. So yeah. But we're here. And we're pleased. And as the ad says, I really dig your company, your smile, your style. All those good things. So thank you for being patient with me this week. Um, And welcome back to the Captain's Couch. So I also would like to take the opportunity, and I did this in an Xbox Live party last night. I'd like to take the opportunity to send a public apology to every podcaster whom i ever even remotely thought about saying hey where's the podcast at today or this week or whatever boy because life be lifing man life be lifing so my 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 sincere apologies um if i ever did send any of those tweets out um in the past few years and since i've been listening to podcasts i'm pretty certain i probably sent one though one of those out to uh Michael Smith and Jamel Hill while they were still doing his and hers. So, uh, Mike and Jamel, I apologize. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for getting me into podcasting, you know, as a listener and now as a podcaster myself. Y'all were the start of it, so, of my podcast listening. So, thank you. Um, So, today, as we talked about last week, we're going to talk a little bit about depression, um and as you heard from the clip to start the show, um, that is fellow Mississippian, uh, representing uh the city of Meridian, uh, Big Crit, aka Justin Scott, uh, from his album uh Forever's a Mighty Long Time, where he did a very interesting thing with this with that album. Um he it was a double disc album and um, I do have it on on vinyl here at the house in a very beautiful purple and gold vinyl. Um, so, what he did with the album was he kind of did a, a T.I. versus T.I.P. kind of thing, where the first part, the first side, was a Big Crit album, where you know he did the you know the the big baller shot caller you know rap cliche thing. You know uh, we got the uh, my sub part four, which which is a dope beat from uh from Manny Fresh. Um, we got a uh, uh another uh I think Manny Fresh beat uh with 1999 that he did with uh with uh what's my man's name uh Lloyd with Lloyd um did a uh he got a feature with with uh Bun B and technically UGK because they sample Pimp C in the song. So Pipsy is technically on the song. Um, He also did a track with uh, Organized Noise, where the song is really, really dope, except for I do not like CeeLo's verse, or at least CeeLo's, the way CeeLo uses voice on that verse. But, like, the song overall is, like, really, really dope. Um, So that's on the first side. On the second side, what he did is basically kind of pull back the uh, the facade of Big Crit and spoke as Justin Scott and talked about, you know, how he struggled with handling fame, how he struggled with, you know, um, the strain that it put on his family relationships with him becoming famous and people constantly wanting stuff from him um, with, his, with his battle with depression um, and his constant kind of struggle with depression and, you know, where he sees himself in his place in the industry where, you know, he didn't necessarily like being bound to the contract and the issues that he had with death jail, Um, and how that weighed on his mental health. So, you know, the Justice Scott side, you know, he talked about his, his, his spirituality, his faith a lot. Um, he talked about his depression and how he's used his spirituality to try to cope with his, with his depression. And, you know, even in the clip that we talked about the, the clip that started the show, um, he talked about, you know, self-medicating, like being open and honest and self-medicating, um, drinking and, you know, pills or whatever. I mean, I don't even know if he necessarily goes into depth about illicit pills or not, or if it's actual antidepressants. But, you know, when we talk about depression and self-medication, um, substance use is a very big way that people cope with depression. And I'm going to read an article, actually at some point in the episode today that really highlights, um, how substance use can be a very destructive coping mechanism for depression. So when we talk about depression and we talked about depression a little bit on the episode about bipolar disorder, um, and I gave you the signs and symptoms of depression. Um, when we talk about irritability, um, prolonged sadness for a couple of days, um, depressed, which is depressed mood or sadness, um, loss of interest in things that you usually find pleasurable, feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, um, loss of appetite or increase of appetite, loss of sleep, um, or increase in sleep, um, psychomotor either slowdown or agitation, which causes people to be more irritable. Are typical signs of depression. So, like with bipolar disorder, where we talked about bipolar one and bipolar two to being two different diagnoses, there are actually some different types of depressive disorders. So, close your eyes and think about what you normally think of as depression. You know, you see somebody that's sad, sometimes for no reason or they may be struggling with life situations or whatever it may be. When you think of that person, that we look at that as the clinical diagnosis of clinical depression or quote-unquote regular depression, as this article from Very Well Mind kind of puts it. Um, so the common types of depressive disorders. So there are different types and there are seven different types that we tend to look at. So um, when people use the term clinical depression, quote unquote, we are generally referring to major depressive disorder and major depressive disorder comes with all the typical uh, signs and symptoms of depression that you think of depressed mood, lack of interest, uh, changes in weight, changes in sleep, changes in appetite, uh, fatigue, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, guilt, difficulty uh, concentrating thoughts of suicide or death, um, feelings of hopelessness or helplessness. Um, so, with a major depression, with a major depressive disorder, your symptoms need to last, last at least uh, a little bit longer than two weeks for it to be diagnosed as major depressive disorder. Uh, second type is persistent depressive disorder. Uh, this is uh, dysthymia, which we now call it pers- uh, persistent depressive disorder. Um, it refers to a type of chronic dis- uh, chronic depression that presents uh, more days than not for at least two years. And when I get to the article, I want to highlight about substance. I I can see that the person that I'm going to mention. Might have been dealing with this uh, with persistent depressive disorder, especially when we talk about kind of his story and some of the things that happened and how his his life came to an end. So uh, people might experience brief brief periods of not feeling depressed, uh, but this relief of symptoms lasts for two months or less. Uh, While symptoms are not quite as severe for major depressive disorder, they are pervasive and long lasting. Um, so the symptoms include kind of the same things, uh, feelings of sadness, loss of interest, uh, pleasure, irritability, uh, anger, feelings of guilt, low self-esteem, uh, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, too much sleep, uh, feelings of hopelessness, lack of energy or fatigue, changes in the appetite, have a difficulty concentrating. Um, so treatment for, uh, per- persistent depressive disorder will usually involve medication and therapy. Uh, National Institute for Mental Health uh, estimates that 1.5% of adults in the United States had persistent depressive disorder over the last year. Uh, the disorder affects 1.9% uh, women of women and 1% of men. about 1.3% of all adults have had this disorder at some point in their lives. Number three, bipolar disorder. And I'm not gonna necessarily go over bipolar disorder again because we went over that uh, a couple of episodes ago. But uh, bipolar disorder is characterized by periods of abnormal elevated mood known as mania, Um, they can be mild, like hypomania, uh, or they can be so extreme as to cause market impairment in a person's life requiring hospitalization or affect the person's sense of reality. Um, the vast majority of people with bipolar disorder have had episodes of major depression. So of course with, with, with bipolar disorder, along with depressed mood and marketed, um, Diminished in activities, diminished interest in activities. Uh, people with depression have physical symptoms as well. Uh, we're not going to go back through that. Irritability and anxiety is another one of those symptoms. Um, the risk of suicide of bipolar disorder is about 15 times greater than those in the general population. Um, psychosis, which we talked about in the episode of bipolar disorder, is also a feature of bipolar. Uh, postpartum depression. Um I may do a very a separate episode about po- postpartum and at some point um know of course I'm not no I'm not an expert nor am I a woman so I it will it'll just be more of an informational thing and things to consider when we talk about uh postpartum and you know care for women after they give birth. Uh but pregnancy can bring about significant hormonal shifts that can affect a woman's mood and depression can have its onset during pregnancy or following the birth of the child um, we we see similar uh symptoms in bipolar i mean and sorry and major depression and that we will see in postpartum but uh we also add things like social withdrawal trouble bonding with the baby um loss of interest in things that you enjoy feelings of inadequacy or worthlessness anxiety or panic attacks Thoughts about hurting yourself or the baby, which is a very, very, very important symptom to look at whenever you're dealing with um, postpartum depression, whether that be having issues or having difficulty bonding with the child, or if you are so so depressed that you are having thoughts of hurting yourself or your child, as well as thoughts of suicide. Uh, postpartum can range from persistent lethar- uh, lethargy and sadness that require medical attention all the way up to postpartum psychosis. A condition in which the mood episode is associated with confusion, hallucinations, and delusions. If left untreated, the condition can last up to a year. Um, antidepressants, counseling, and hormone therapy can be um, effective to help with postpartum depression. Premenstrual uh dysphoric disorder premenstrual dysphoric disorder um now i actually will give you the signs and symptoms of this but i will also tell you how i first came to know about this diagnosis so among common symptoms for premenstrual syndrome pms is irritability fatigue anxiety moodiness bloating increased appetite food cravings aches And breast tenderness. So, PMDD, which is uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, uh, produces similar symptoms, but those that are related to mood are much more pronounced. So, you'll have your fatigue, feelings of sadness, hopelessness, or self critical. Um, You'll also have uh, severe feelings of anxiety or stress, mood swings. Uh, bouts of crying irritability inability to concentrate and food cravings now how i found out about this diagnosis was actually um through the story of nba player ryan anderson and his girlfriend who eventually committed suicide due to um well took her own life i'm sorry i just actually took a course about changing the language of that took her own life due to struggling with um, mood swings and depression due to her menstrual cycle. Um, And her family, you know, tried to get the medical treatment that she needed in order to try to manage her, her mood swings and the PMDD. But ultimately um, it wasn't enough or it wasn't done in time in order for her to preserve her life where she eventually, succumb to taking her own life um, which absolutely rattled Ryan Anderson for quite some time uh, dur- during his playing career while he was in New Orleans so number six and it's something that we have to pay attention to as winter is coming um, as you saw me post on the, on Facebook the other day that since Game of Thrones is over I will find every opportunity possible to say the words of how stark So seasonal affective disorder. If you experience depression, sleepiness and weight gain during the winter months, but you feel perfectly fine in the spring, you may have a condition known as seasonal affective disorder. It's currently called major depressive disorder with seasonal pattern. So it is often triggered by a disturbance in in the normal circadian rhythm because darn you daylight savings time light entering through your eyes influences this rhythm and seasonal variation and day night patterns can cause disruption leading to depression. So, uh, the rates can be difficult to tell about how many people are affected by seasonal affective disorder. Um, uh, but it is said that it impacts about 1% of people in Florida, up to about 9% of people in Alaska. And the last type of depression is atypical depression. So do you experience signs of depression but find yourself suddenly perking up in the face of of a positive event? So based upon these symptoms, you might be diagnosed with atypical depression. Um, The current terminology is that it is depressive disorder with atypical features. A type, of de- a type of depression which doesn't follow what is thought to be a typical presentation of the diagnosis. So atypical depression is characterized by a specific set of symptoms related to excessive weight gain or excessive eating, excessive sleeping, fatigue, weakness, and feeling weighed down, intense sensitivity to rejection, and strong reactive moods. So it may be common it may be more common than the name might imply. And unlike other forms of depression, people with atypical depression may respond better to an antidepressant known as a uh, M- uh, MAO, which we don't prescribe near as much these days. Um, SSROs are actually the most common type, which that is like your Prozac, Zoloft, uh, Paxil, things like Celexa. Those are your most common types of... Uh, antidepressants that are prescribed nowadays. MAOIs um, ML, are stuff like, I believe, like uh, Welbutrin, which is actually is a very good uh, antidepressant, but it's not, as, it's not prescribed near as much as stuff like Zoloft, especially for the kids that I work with. I think I've had one kid who was actually prescribed Um uh, but most of my kids... Because they skew on the younger side, I usually prescribe stuff like Zoloft or um, or Prozac. And Prozac's got its own issues, and it's something we talked about in the '90s that you know Prozac Nation was a thing and all that. But it's still a widely used antidepressant, especially for children and teenagers. But of course, with with some antidepressants. We do look out for uh, black box warnings that uh, warn of the possible increase in suicidal ideations when taking those medications. So be mindful of that, parents, that if your kid is prescribed an antidepressant though, you know, Watch out for their mood and, you know, check in with them to make sure they're not having feelings feelings or thoughts of harming themselves. And if they are, you need to, you know, contact their therapist or their prescribing physician or psychiatrist about the medication and look for a different alternative as far as treatment goes. So when we talk about depression, we often kind of look at depression as a dark kind of hole that people find themselves in and one of my kids i kind of used that analogy with him before that you know he's talked about the trauma and you know mistrust that he feels and all the all the kind of craziness that's happened in his life that he doesn't necessarily trust people and you know he often engages in very negative behavior acting outwise or stealing and that kind of stuff but he kind of describes his his situation as this big dark hole that he's kind of been in for a very long time. So with depression, and we're looking at this article here from uh, Psychology Today, the, the deep the deep hole of depression, and this was written by uh, Doctor. Ruben uh, Cobden, PhD at the at the addiction the addiction connection says this, that the dark hole of depression is scary yet familiar to so many of us. It feels like it is calling our name, just waiting for something to happen. It takes that one rejection, that one failed project, that one broken relationship, that one mess up that pushes us over the edge. For many people, it's hard to fall, it's not hard to fall into the hole Because they live on the edge of depression. For those who have been suffering from depression for a long time, sometimes. Feels like that deep hole I talk about is home. You know, everything about that hole, you know what it feels like. You know how dark it can be. It's like home. You know, you can retreat there when things get tough and you find how dark it can get. In the depression hole, not much light gets in. And even when a speck of light makes it through, you put darkness over it. You may tell yourself it's just a matter of time until the sho- until the shoe drops again. It's often easier to live in a hole than risk getting out of it. Going right back to where you started. However, what's often To say what I often say is that there's a difference between realizing that there's a hole and living in it. It's actually healthy for us to realize the hole exists and that depression is a real phenomenon. It's our way of acknowledging the holes, the existence of hardship. Too many of us are going around putting on a happy face when deep down we're hurting. There's a gray area that needs to be acknowledged. There's a chasm between ignoring the fact that life is difficult and the present in the present moment and thinking that things will always be difficult. Are you willing to acknowledge the, the depression rather than live in it? Can you adjust your expectation from you will always be happy to life is cyclical? Although hardships come, they also go. And this too shall pass. And if you're spiritual, if you're a religious person, especially a Christian person, you know that saying all too well that this too shall pass. You may be asking, what's the difference between living in depression and acknowledging depression? Living in the depression hole means that you're in deep. It means you are staying in bed all day. It means that the depression has consumed every area of your life or a lot of it. it means that you see life with a darker lens. You probably decide to stay home rather than going out with your friends or your family. At this point, you'd probably rather stay in a hole than risk trying to get out of it because outside looks familiar at this point, looks unfamiliar at this point. But if you just acknowledge the hole is there, you can feel sad. But you don't need to act based on it. The hole's there, but there's no weight to your actions. You may feel sad for a bit, but you still get out, get up to go to work. You realize that the depression is part of your life, but not all of your life. And that's something that I think we have to recognize, especially when it comes to mental illness, especially with something like depression or bipolar disorder. It's a matter of the language that we use with people. We have to move away from, well, I'm depressed, or, you know, I'm bipolar, or, you know, I'm schizophrenic, such and such is, you know, schizoaffective. No, we have to move away from that thing, those things, just like we don't say, well, I'm diabetic. Like, no, I have diabetes. I was diagnosed with diabetes. We also have to do that with mental health as well. I have a diagnosis of depression. My depression is not all that I am. You know, it's just a part of who I am. You know, the symptoms are just a part of my everyday living. The, the cycle of depression that I, that I deal with is just a part of my everyday experience. But it is not all of my everyday experience. You know, the goal ultimately is that by changing the way that we, you know, talk about mental health and how we use labels we're using them in the proper context is that we're using them as diagnosis and diagnostic uh, criteria to figure out certain types of behaviors that we need to look at in a person and not saying that this is all that you are you are now mentally ill and this is all you'll ever be uh, but at the end of the day You have to start somewhere. You have to realize that there's a space between living in the whole and acknowledging the whole is there because that space is your freedom. That space is where your power, where your power to choose lives. Think about the space for yourself. What's the difference between living in the hurt and acknowledging that there is hurt? Um, Think about what if one feels different than the other? what does one provide does one provide more relief than the other what are the advantages of living in the hurt um go through those questions and realize the distinction for yourself so ask yourself that question what is the advantages of living in the hurt what is truly the advantage of living constantly in the hole are there really advantages other than this is what i'm used to and i will not try to proceed forward because i am used to living in this hurt. But the more that you live in the hurt and you live in the hole, the more that it consumes you over time. And, you know, the more that it consumes you, the more and more and more, the harder and harder and harder it is for you to climb back out of the hole. So one thing I like about the topic of depression that I really enjoy is how hip hop, in a lot of ways is opening up discussion more and more about rappers, um, especially male rappers that are opening up about their struggles with depression, whether that be Big crit, like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, Kendrick Lamar, when he's um, on a to paper butterfly, when he's talking to Tupac, when we find out at the end of the album, um, when he talked about, uh, you know, that he misuses influence at times. Um, And eventually, misusing his influence made him feel bad. Um, What it says, I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same. Abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment had turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in a hotel room. But then he kind of takes it from, you know, I'm at the point where I'm like near the hole and I'm like drowning in, you know, the anger of, People calling me, you know, a sellout and all this stuff and trying to find answers about going back home and, you know, feeling survivor's guilt and feeling guilt because, you know, as he talks about in the song, "uh, you that, you know, his sister got pregnant and, you know, what kind of leader were you that you couldn't reach your sister? And now she's made this, this bad life choice. And it all comes to the head about it all comes to the head of him drunk screaming, you know, in a fit of depression and rage. Um we also talk about depression and hip-hop Kid Cudi is a prime example of that Um, you know he, he's he been suicidal at different points during his career and he opened up and has acknowledged that like hey you know I have not been well since I've been famous like you know since the moment that I stepped into the spotlight you know I've been struggling with my mental health and it's something I've dealt with and he's talked about it he's openly talked about that he's dealt with depression pretty much since he was a kid and his dad died of cancer. Um, you know, I, I love that, especially for an art form that, for an form that was super, super hyper-masculine when I was growing up in the era of gangster rap and, you know, where eventually Tupac and Biggie both lose their lives due to rap beef. You know, I would never have imagined that, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, we'd have rappers openly talking about battling with depression. Um, you know, Kid Cuddy's talked about it in a song like Soundtrack to My Life about um, about his struggle where he's like, you know, there was always a little bit of sadness in him. He was a little bit different than his siblings. Um, we've talked about it in Mr. Rager, and Mr. Rager is just this big, like, I think the video of him is just like him just basically fighting his inner demons. And then I think, I, I think, in the, Fiddy also has him, like, in a therapy session just, like, you know, pouring his feelings out in the session and, you know, trying to deal with his depression. You know, from Crit to Kendrick to Cuddy to... You know, the list goes on and on. Like, the people that talked about their mental health were, like, no chance the rapper didn't have depression. He had more, like, anxiety issues. And he also got into substances real heavy before, you know, basically found Jesus. (laughs) Uh, when coloring book came out, but now I'm gonna say I'm gonna break a little bit of a rule here with on the captain's couch, and I'm gonna use a non-black person as a topic, but it is interrelated because he he walked in and amongst uh, the ranks of hip hop and was very much involved in making uh, black music um, until his untimely passing. And that person I'm referring to is the late Mac Miller. So, what can we learn from Mac Miller's passing? So, this is an article from Medium titles entitled uh, Mac Miller's Death Has Given Us a Lot to Think About. Since the 26 year old rapper was found dead in his studio. Following an uh, overdose, which I think he overdosed on cocaine and alcohol and something else, I forgot what it was. I think it was benzos. It was benzos, cocaine, and alcohol. Uh, stars and Twitter trolls alike have publicly turned on his ex, Ariana Grande, and that was absolutely a thing. I remember, I remember Rod and Karen talking about that on the Blackout Tips. That like, like it's not her fault that he was not able to manage and handle his demons. Like it's, it's extremely unfortunate that we would place the blame on her. And, and I think, let me see this article. If they talk about that, I remember, let's see. no, it doesn't cite her quote, but I remember hearing a quote where she said that for a while, it felt like she was the glue that was kind of holding them together. And that over time, the glue just did not stick anymore, you know, and eventually that's when they separated. But yeah, she, uh, she's not the first person to receive backlash and be held responsible for her partner's, um, for a partner long after they had separated. Wow. Um, so somebody interviewed Mac, and Mac was like, you know, showed nothing but respect for Ariana and was saying that she's moving forward with her life in an interview that he did before he died last year. Um, so it doesn't do justice to Mac at all, you know, who, who took responsibility for his own issues and like he was well aware of his issues. I mean, I know he struggled with, with managing them, but he was, he was very aware of his issues. And he definitely talked about it in his music a lot. Uh, uh, Ariana Grande's apologies for not being able to fix or take away Mac Miller's pain in her, most, in her Instagram post after he passed away are indicative of an incredibly troubling narrative that persists when it comes to these issues. We aren't qualified to fix people. Even myself as a mental health professional, it is not necessarily my job to fix anyone. My job is to equip people with tools and strategies, especially my kids, to attempt them, uh, equip them with tools and strategies and coping strategies that are probably different than the ones that they implement and use because they haven't been given, given them positive results. But ultimately, it is up to them to sort out their and manage their issues. Now, yes, some of their... um symptoms and the treatment that they will need will come from other people and they will it will need to be managed by other people to keep them stable and safe but ultimately it is their responsibility to do the best that they can to manage their symptoms um but max personal trainer um uh, talked about mac is like saying that i know that people are depressed And that was not a depressed person. But what does a a depressed person look like? And I know uh, the homie D has definitely talked about that, you know, when she's as she's working through trauma and depression of what does a depressed person look like? We cannot identify what a depressed person look like because uh, we don't wear our mental health like we do our clothes. It isn't outwardly visible. Um, That's part of the issue. The person has many faces, and Mac knew this. He rapped about, um, he rapped about it on swimming, uh, which actually on the album on vinyl here at how at the house, it is a fantastic album where he says, "Because on the surface I look so fine, but I'm bugging, but I'm really bugging. I'm bugging." Uh, his struggles with his mental health was well documented throughout his career, um, and he joined the. "Quote unquote," twenty seven club, uh, which is a list of infamous musicians, artists, and actors who died at age twenty seven. Um, Tupac Shakur, notorious B- uh, Christopher Wallace, aka Biggie Smalls, uh, River Phoenix, uh, Amy Winehouse. I couldn't remember her name for a second there for some reason. Yeah, Amy Winehouse are all members of the twenty seven club. Uh, Matt talked about his demons throughout his music. So um, the article cites in his 2014 mixtape Faces. um, He talked about self-destructive tendencies and suicidal ideations. Um, Themes of loneliness, depression, substance abuse, and mortality persisted throughout his career. Um, The song Self-Care was a... And people talk about the song a lot. That it was a a foreshadowing um, for what was going to happen to him. And, of course, he didn't die by suicide, but, you know, his, his self-medication and his substance use absolutely was ended up, t- ended up costing him his life. Um, the article talks about this. Men are up to 75% of suicide victims in the United States. One man killing himself every 20 minutes. There's a high level of comorbidity or existing together at the same time of depression and substance abuse in men. Um, they are at higher risk of suicide and substance abuse and significantly less likely to seek out mental health than women. Um, and it's something we talked about last week about self-care is the idea of self emotional self-expression and seeking help in mental health seeking help through mental health is seen as feminine or weak due to patriarchy and misogyny um making men resistant to actually go to treatment depression can lead to substance abuse behavior which in turn can exacerbate feelings of depression and you know I know that that's something that Mac was pro- was constantly struggling with is you know as as people abuse drugs you know, you get that high and that release, uh, that relief of the negative feelings that you have. But then once the drug is gone, you're just chasing that high and you're having to do more and more and more. And it just. Takes over. Um, Max said this uh, Fame is tricky because you read what is said about you and you know what you know to be true. But the lines begin to blur. Mm. Um, I mean, Mac, Mac, like, it's, it's sad to, to talk about, you know, Mac in this way that, you know, he's not here anymore. You know, it's sad that somebody as talented and as seemingly a genuinely good dude, you know, struggles so much with his mental health. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that he's not here to 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 reap the benefits of of the the gifts that he left behind, but more importantly, he's he's not here to be able to continuously try to work to uh, you know conquer and manage his demons, and unfortunately, his demons took o- took him over. Um, but you know, rest in peace to Mac Miller, man. Uh, if you've never checked out Mac Miller, I definitely suggest check out. Uh, Swimming, um, his last album that he put out before he passed away. Also, uh, The Divine Feminine is a really, really, really good album. Um, I'm a an big Anderson Pack fan, and he's got a feature with Anderson Paak, um that really got me into Mac Miller uh, whenever that album dropped. I was like, yo, I, I like this white dude. Uh, but yeah, mental health and substance abuse absolutely can go hand-in-hand And substance abuse can be used as a very negative coping strategy for dealing with depression. So, you know, if you are struggling with managing feelings of depression and you are, you know, self-medicating through marijuana or alcohol or whatever substance that it may be, it's okay to go talk to seek out mental health treatment in order to try to develop more healthy strategies because what I don't want to see is a situation where you end up, you know, in a situation like Mac was where, you know, the substances that were first used to cope, eventually take over and cost you everything. So be very cautious of your mental health and be very cautious of your feelings of depression. It's okay to talk about these things, folks. It's absolutely okay to talk about feeling depressed or you know needing to talk about finding a way out of your hole, out of that, that big black hole that is kind of consuming your life. It's okay to talk about these things, guys. We go, we'll, we'll be here to support you. You know, we'll be here to encourage you. We'll be here to, you know, be a sounding board if you need us to. As mental health professionals, if you want to sit down and talk about your feelings, and what's going on with you. And with that being said, pay my respects to Mac Miller. Rest in peace, man. You know, we're going to hold you down for you on this end, bro. It's It's all right now. You can rest, man. It's cool. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Captain's Couch. We'll talk some more about depression, and we'll talk about different types of treatment. We'll talk some more about, you know, how to manage your depression a bit more. Probably next week. I think we'll do a follow-up episode because this was kind of heavy when we talked about, you know, overdose here at the end of the episode. So next week we'll talk about different ways to treat depression and, you know, how to live and manage with your depressive symptoms. So thanks so much for listening to the Captain's Couch, guys. Didn't get any new five-star reviews this week, so if you're listening, drop your boy a line, drop a review and a rating. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, Send me some feedback online at uh, Captain's Couch and Captain Ingenuity. Uh, Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you for being patient with me because I didn't know if I was going to get this episode out or not. But I'm thankful that I was able to. And uh, now I'm going to go and rest. (laughs) So thank you all for listening to the Captain's Couch. We'll catch you all next week. All right.
1: Congregation will you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter 2, verse 1, the first one that still me. Jump up and make a joyful noise, you have cast it. Meaning, now you have a choice like that.